This is Instant Game Reaction, an immediate look back at the Colts' latest game. And trying to make an adjustment on the ball is Michael Pippen. He catches it, and he rumbles across the goal line. Touchdown, a 42-yard strike. Want to air it out downfield, down the far sideline, looking for Zay Jones, and it's intercepted by the Colts. Isaiah Rogers on the return. Gives off to Taylor. He's in. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Jonathan Taylor. Here's your host, J.J. Stankovitz from Colts.com. What's up, everyone? Welcome into another episode of Colts Instant Reaction here on the Colts Audio Network. I'm J.J. Stankovitz, joined, as always, by Colts Ring of Honor member Bill Brooks. Bill, today we are we're talking about a clunker. Uh, 24 to nothing, lost by the Colts to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Not a ton to get into that we all didn't see on the on the TV broadcast or, you know, if you're at the stadium, I was up in the press box. Um, Colts just, you know, it's like every single player said it for the game. They just got their butts kicked. They got out coached. They got out executed. They got out played. And it kind of leaves this sort of baffling sensation of, like, how did this happen? This isn't some hex, you know, that, like, oh, you know, it's it, there's some curse that the Colts can't beat the Jaguars in Jacksonville. Th- this goes beyond... Like, there were no weird bounces in this game that led the Jaguars to win it. The Jaguars just, they controlled it from about the second play of the game until the end of the game, and and that was that. Um, Bill, I want to get your take on this, though. As a, as a former player, when you're in a game like this and you just you can't get anything going, whether it's on offense, it's on defense, it's on both, what's the mentality like on the sideline? What's the mentality like on teams that are able to overcome a loss like this, at least during the game. We'll get to after the game in a little bit here. Well, during the game, if, if things like that are going bad for you where nothing's working or nothing's going your way and you can't move the ball, you can't stop anyone, you're just hoping for a spark somewhere, somehow. You're hoping for a turnover maybe from the defense or you're, you're hoping for a big play on special teams, something to get you going, something that's going to get you fired up and, and move. I mean, you should be fired up for the game anyway, but sometimes it's going to make things happen and get some momentum on your side, and that's what you want. Cause you want to start putting doubt in the other team's mind that, hey, you guys aren't going to dominate us. We're, we're, we have something for you, and we're going to make plays. And if nothing does happen, though, it makes for a long, long day, and that's what it was for the Colts today. They just didn't, couldn't get anything going. Now, they made a lot of mistakes and give – Jacksonville credit. They went out there and just played, and they just, bottom line, they kicked the Colts' butt tonight. Yeah, I mean, again, there's really no other way about it. And um, <laughs> it, before we kind of get into why this happened, I do want to ask you, because a number of players talked after the game about, all right, we're going to go make our corrections on Monday, and we need to use this as fuel. We can't let this happen again. Um, you know, we need to take personal accountability and – Everyone individually needs to work on their stuff so collectively we can be a better team going forward. The other part of this, Bill, is the the only thing that Frank Reich pushed back on in terms of just how to describe this game in his press conference was it, it was suggested by Joel Erickson of the Indy Star, and it wasn't an unfair question, that, you know, it looked like the Colts are a little bit unmotivated. And Frank Reich did kind of push back on that. He said, if you were out at practice during the week, Wednesday, Thursday, you wouldn't have 
been, you know, you went to use that word to describe what we were. We were motivated. The effort was good. Um, it just, it kind of played out the way it did. Um, how do you as a player then digest this loss, remain confident in the team and the coaching staff that you have, and then work to make sure this doesn't happen again? Well, the first thing is, you know, you, you can go out and have a good week of practice. Um, and that's what you want. You want to have the best week of practice you possibly can. But the key to that is to carry it over into the game as far as the execution of the plays, execution of the plays that are given to you and what you've done in practice, you're carrying it over into the games and doing the same things in the games. That's what's going to give you confidence and boost you in, in the game. Um, so those are the things you, you need to do. And the guys are probably motivated and had, had good practices, uh, motivated to play, motivated to go out there and win division game. But you can be motivated, but you have to go out there and do it on Sunday or Monday or whenever the game is um, and execute out there on the football field. And today the coach did not do that. And a lot of times when you don't execute and things are just spiraling out of control, it makes it very difficult to bring it back in and get it under control and hopefully make a run during the game. And the coach could not make a run. He couldn't get it back in under control for themselves and make a run in the game. When when you talk about a good week of practice not carrying over into a game, how, I, how does that happen where you can feel so confident about the prep that you put in and then you get to the game and it doesn't play out like you expected it to have played out on Wednesday and Thursday? It's just frustrating. And it's, yeah. <laughs> to be honest with you, I hate to say it, it's just football. It happens that way. I mean, there are times when... I've been on a team where we've practiced great and we haven't played great. We've practiced awful that week and we've played great. I don't know why it happens. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it happens that way. But for the most part, you just want to make sure you practice, have a good practice, a good week of practice, good preparation. You're ready to go. You feel confident. You feel comfortable. Uh, you don't have any doubt on what you're supposed to do in your assignments. And you feel like, hey, we are locked in on this. You want to have that going into the game, but then you just need to make sure you execute it during the game. And if you can execute it and everyone's on the same page, usually things turn out well for you. But sometimes it just happens. I don't, I can't explain it. Uh -huh. um, it's something that's weird. But you, but if you execute the, your assignments, more than likely, good things are going to happen during the game. But you just have to go out there and execute the best you can and minimize your mistakes. Yeah, I mean, when, when Naheem Hines said after the game, he, he was asked, like, why didn't it carry over? And he just kind of said, like, you know, every dog has its day. It, it is sort of like a, you know, it, it, it just happens, and that's not a very fulfilling answer. But that's I, what, what I'm hearing is that's the truth. That's and, the truth. It's, yeah. it's, it's not a great answer. Um, and it just you just don't understand why it happens. I mean, you could – you know what? It's – I make the analogy like you can prepare for a test and when you're in school, prepare, 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 prepare. And you say, OK, I'm ready to take this test. Then for whatever reason, you just have a brain cramp during during the exam and don't do as well as you thought you you should have done because you were well prepared. Things just happen that way sometimes. And that's what happens in the National Football League. And remember, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they're a good team. They're, they're well coached. They have a good coach in Coach Peterson. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of talent on that team. You know, and they're, they're, they're making a push to continue to get talent on that team. Trevor Lawrence played extremely well today. Give the man, the young man some credit. 
they're a good team, and they were motivated to come out and play and play well, and they did. Yeah, they, they played with a lot of juice out there. So let's talk a little bit about why this result happened. And I want to zero in on, on one thing on each side of the ball. The first thing, Bill, let, let's start at offense. The Colts, at, they had 20 plays on first down. They gained 70 yards on those plays. That's good for 3.5 yards per play. So that's step number one, that the Colts on first down were not really able to be on schedule the way they would like. The second thing is that on second down, then, they averaged 5.8 yards per play. Those are inflated by some later-in-the-game chunk plays. But early in the game, that number was a lot lower. This all leads to, the, to me, the, the stat that kind of tells the story here. The Colts needed to gain, on average, on their 10 third downs, 8.7 yards to get the first down. They converted two of three opportunities when needing four or fewer yards to convert, and they were 0 of 7 when needing six or more yards to convert against a Jaguars team that has Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker, a really good pass rush, guys like Smoot, Roy Robertson, Harris, Arden Key. That that front of theirs is really good. Uh, That is not a position you want to be in. And... The Colts were not able to run the ball in the first half. They were not quite able to pass the ball in the first half. And it led to them being in these situations where, you know, as Frank Reich said, uh, you know, quote, we ended up in a lot of third and longs today and put a lot of pressure on our offensive line. That's yeah. how you, that's how you wind up with the, you know, the, the sack numbers that Jacksonville had where you had Robertson Harris had one, Josh Allen had two, Adam Gotsis had one, Arden Key had one. Oh, I, I agree with you, JJ. I mean, you, you detailed it perfectly. I'm looking at this, the, uh, the play sheet here. On the first five possessions of the Colts, first possession, third and 10. Their second possession, third and 13. Mm-hmm. Their third uh, possession, third and seven. Their fourth possession, they had a second and 15, then a third and six. And then their fifth possession, they had a second and 23, and a third and 13. That's their first five possessions of the first half. When you're in third and 10, third and 13, third and seven, it makes it very difficult to get a first down. It makes it very difficult to continue a drive. And when you're doing, when you're putting yourself in that position, you're going to just tell them, okay, we're going to throw the ball and get a first down because it's not a great down to run on when you're third and 13 to get a first down. And all they have to, all those defensive linemen have to do and linebackers is pin their ears back and come after the quarterback and put pressure on them. And that makes it very difficult for an offense to continue a drive. We can't continue our drives, then that takes the ball out of our playmaker's hands, Jonathan Taylor. That's why Jonathan Taylor doesn't have many, as many runs or touches in the game. So it makes it very difficult, and you can't put yourself in those positions where you're third and long. Because if you're not in a third and three, third and four at, at the worst, then the defense is say, hey, look, they're going to pass the ball. You know what? We're just going to go after them. But when you're in third and three, third and two, you know what? They might run the ball. Jonathan Taylor's a great running back. Mm-hmm. He can get three yards easily. Oh, they might pass the ball. So it puts some doubt or makes them guess uh, what the offense is going to do. And that makes it very difficult for the offense if, you, if you're longer than third and four, third and five. And it makes it very difficult to get first downs. And, yeah, I mean, the, the other point here that should be noted is Alec Pierce ruled out on Friday with a concussion. Michael Pippen Jr. ruled out on Saturday with a quad injury. So the Colts are down two of their top targets, if not their two top targets, on that side of the ball. And 
the Pittman thing, uh, it, because it came in late, the Colts didn't have a ton of time to scramble different game plans. They start, you know, the the interception that Matt Ryan threw the first one, that was a play where he and Ashton Doolin were not on the same page. And I think that was a play, if I recall correctly, where Doolin wasn't actually in on that play during practice. That would have been Pittman. So just those little things where and, – and Naheem Hines, I, I thought his answer was great after the game, where he said it's not an excuse that we didn't have Pittman and Pierce because we're professionals. We need to find ways to make up for that and pick those guys up and, and go out and be at our best. But that, I think, you know, if you're looking for reasons why this kind of started to snowball, missing those two guys, especially Pittman, who's such, been such a go-to for Matt Ryan since the start of training camp, that, that probably played a factor in here as well. It, it played a factor, you know, having those guys not there and, and not having enough time to make an adjustment as far as certain plays on the game plan um, makes it more difficult. But I agree with Naheem. They're professionals. You, like we talk about our schedule sometimes. Well, you have to play the, the, the teams that are on your schedule. You just have to play them regardless of who they are. Well, a lot of times, sometimes things happen where every team is going to have injuries, and you have to play with the guys you have. And those guys, they're professionals. They, they have opportunities to make plays now, so you need to go out there and make plays. So um, it was tough for, the, it's tough for the Colts. It's tough for the coaches to make those adjustments, but – the players need to go out there and make those adjustments and, and make the plays that the coaches call. And if they can make the plays, then, you know, that's a great opportunity for them to, to show the coaches that, hey, you can count on me if, if something does happen where you need me to go in and fill in for somebody. So the players need to make plays. So flipping to the other side of the ball, um, this stood out to me, Bill, as I was looking at some numbers here. Trevor Lawrence's time to throw in this game on average was 2.3 seconds. That is that is quick. And that just, you know, again, it, it's what we all saw where Lawrence was getting the ball out quick. It was a lot of three-step concepts, so, you know, some five-step concepts, a lot of screens, a lot of quick game. And the what, what the Jaguars did after week one where Lawrence got pressured on half of his 50 dropbacks against Washington – they pretty clearly said, we are not going to let that happen this week. And their game plan worked. It was a fantastic game plan by Doug Peterson. you got to give him a ton of credit because, I mean, Trevor Lawrence looked comfortable. He got in a rhythm. Uh, and he, he didn't have to do a ton of extending plays because he, he got the ball out into the hands of his playmakers. And, you know, whether it was Evan Ingram or Christian Kirk uh, – you know, Travis Etienne, James Robinson, he got the ball out when he needed to, and the Colts' pass rush pretty much got neutralized in this game. They only, according to Pro Football Focus, they only had three total pressures in 33 pass rushing opportunities. So that that right there, for a team that, that is built around having a menacing defensive line, to basically say, Trevor's going to get the ball out quick, and we're going to give you very few opportunities to not only get after the passer, but set up your pass rush moves over the course of a game. Um, just you tip your hat to Doug Peterson on that one. That was a great game plan. It was a great game plan. And, you know, you don't want your quarterback, especially a young quarterback, holding the ball that long because, you know, if we have a, you know, our pass rush is, is good pass rush and they get to the quarterback, you know, that, could, that can affect the quarterback not just in this game, but maybe down the road if you keep on uh, getting hits on him. 
So they did a nice job of getting the ball out of, the, of uh, Trevor Lawrence's hands so he can get into the playmaker's hands. And even if it was third and eight or third and ten, he, he'll take the three or four-yard pass, and he let them, the playmakers, make someone miss. One of the passes I know they, they threw uh, earlier was short to Ingram, and he had made about four yards to go, and Gilmore was on him, and he just – he just actually ran over Gilmore and ran and got the first down. I mean, so it was short of the first down, but he got the ball out of his hands quickly That is Trevor Lawrence and got into uh, the tight end's hands, and he made a nice play to get a first down. And those are the things you need to do as far as, especially if you want to continue drives. Get the ball out quick, prevent the defense from getting to the quarterback, get the ball into the playmaker's hands, and the playmakers have to make a play. Make one guy miss and get some uh, yards after the catch. And give Jacksonville credit. They did that. And, you know, you have Trevor Lawrence was was very good today. You know, he was 25 for 30 mm -hmm. uh, for 235 yards and two touchdowns and no interceptions. I mean, the man played a good game, and they played a good all-around game. All the playmakers made plays, and when, when they called upon to make a play, they made a play. And Trevor Lawrence um, did a good job in, in getting the ball out of his hands and into the playmaker's hands. Yeah, I think when you look at what Jacksonville did, you know, you hear the term complimentary football a lot, and Jacksonville played really good complimentary football today. Um, the the one thing Jacksonville couldn't do, and I, this is why during the game I kept thinking, all right, there's there's a chance. Jacksonville, the, the James Robinson had that one run, the 37-yarder for the touchdown. Jacksonville couldn't really run the ball the rest of the game. The Colts' front played very well and I mean Grover Stewart was all over the place and uh, you know you take that one run out and I hate doing that but you do that and James Robinson is 22 carries for 27 yards seven yards yep mm -hmm. I mean and, and then and then basically if you take those 27 yards off of the the 96 I mean you know let's, let's say it's 30 yards you take off pretty much I mean the 37 yards you take off of 96 is that's roughly 60 yards. Yeah. I mean, the total yards of rushing for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So our defense did do a good job against the run. So give them credit for playing well against the run. They did the same thing in Houston. They played well against the run uh, against Houston. So uh, the defense, as far as stopping the run, did a good job. But everything else with our team, just from instantly looking at the game, it wasn't uh, that good. Yeah. I mean, that's – and then the the lack of those explosive plays on defense, no sacks. Um, and then, you know, Julian Blackman and Stephon Gilmore looked like they could have had opportunities for diving interceptions, certainly high degree of difficulty on both of those. Um, but the Colts did not have a takeaway in this game. And that's something DeForest Buckner talked about after the game is that, you know, we, we couldn't get that play that could have maybe sparked the offense. Um, you know, and, and then the, the flip side of that is you hear Naheem Hines saying, like, Essentially, the defense can, you know, take accountability, but like we didn't score a single point. So ultimately, to kind of to bring it all back together, there was a lot of a lot of thumb pointing by the Colts in the locker room after the game. A lot of accountability taken publicly. I'm sure there was even more taken privately, whether it's on the sidelines, in the locker room, on the team plane that will be taken tomorrow during what I'm sure will be a not so fun film session here on 56th Street. No. Um, and you got the Kansas City Chiefs coming up this week. So that, that's a team that just came out and, and they played two really good games starting 2-0. Um, Colts are going to have to find, the, uh, find a way to make those corrections and do it against a team 
that is off to a very, very good start and has one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL on their team in Patrick Mahomes. What do you expect the mentality of this team is going to be this week, Bill? I expect them to be all business this week. Uh, get down to business. Look, they know who they're playing this week against the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, they know how tough the game is going to be. They know that they didn't play well against the Jacksonville Jaguars. They need to correct a lot of mistakes they had against the Jacksonville Jaguars. They need to come out next week with a sense of urgency playing against the Kansas City Chiefs, knowing it's going to be a big game. It's not a division opponent, but it's an AFC opponent. And they need to make sure that they, you know, they have to start taking care of business of these games because at the end of the season, these things add up. And, you know, you play the Kansas City Chiefs and you got to make sure you just focus on that game and that game alone after you correct the mistakes that you saw in film and be very critical of yourself. I mean, extremely critical of yourself on how you played and how can you get better. Um, so hopefully games like this do not happen again in the 2022 season of the Indianapolis Colts. Yep, that's, uh, that's about it. You know, Frank Reich called it. Frank Reich, you know, the word he used to describe it was pathetic. Naheem Hines called it embarrassing. Um, Whatever you want to call this game, that's that's what it was. That's Um, what it was, and it wasn't good. Yeah. So that we're going to wrap this one up here on this episode of Colts Instant Reaction. We're going to have plenty more coming to you this week as the Colts digest this loss and then look ahead to the Kansas City Chiefs. You're going to have Colts Roundtable live with head coach Frank Reich joining Matt Taylor. Rick Venturi and Joe Wrights will be on that show as well. That is on Monday. The official Colts podcast presented by WinBet. I'll be on that with my guy Jeffrey Gorman, Lara Overton, and Matt Taylor on Tuesday. Inside football with Rick Venturi, you can get, you can get coaches breakdown of this game and look ahead to the Chiefs game with him and Matt Taylor on Wednesday. Know Your Foe with Bill and Casey Vallier is out on Friday. And, boy, it's going to be going to be quite a week here on 56th Street, but the home opener awaits one week from Sunday. It's going to be – it's going to – I don't know, Bill. I'm just going to end it on this. I, I have this weird feeling that after talking to guys in the locker room that the Colts are going to come out firing on Sunday. Like, there, there was very much a determination of, like, all right – it's kind of put up or shut up time. Like we got to go do it now. And I don't know. I, I, I got it. I got a halfway decent vibe from a locker room where there were very few good vibes. Um, right. just, he, just hearing the accountability that players are talking with. And I know I just said I was going to wrap it up, but I, I just wanted to no, make mention I, I, of that first. I understand. I understand that JJ. And, and I feel the same way. I think, I think more of it as a former player, it was an embarrassing moment today. They're, they're, they don't like to put that out there the way they played as a team. And when you get embarrassed like that, usually you're going to fight the following time you have another game. And I think you'll see a good fight of this team coming up this week against the Kansas City Chiefs. All right. Well, again, stick with us here on the Colts Audio Network for plenty of things breaking down this loss to the Jaguars and looking ahead to Sunday's game against the Kansas City Chiefs at Lucas Oil Stadium. For Bill Brooks, I'm J.J. Stankovitz. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Colts Instant Reaction. We'll talk to you next Sunday.